Welcome to our massive Friday roundup, the episode on Friday where we recap the biggest news of the week and give you some insight to what might be going on in the crypto markets now and in the future. So look, let's crack straight in. There's been some uh, pretty big news overnight with uh, BNB, so Binance Smart Chain, um, being shut down essentially uh, by CZ and Binance because of an exploit. So uh, in very simple terms, what happened when they're bridging between tokens, there was an exploit found by a hacker and they essentially managed to print uh, or ask from a protocol uh, for a certain amount of BNB for free. They took that and then they ran. They started throwing it into other protocols, going across different chains, you know, taking out loans, doing what they can. But of course, this is blockchain, so you can uh, essentially trace a lot of these things. And quite interestingly enough, Tether, uh, the stablecoin has actually blacklisted a lot of the addresses that this hacker has been using. So uh, there is a, a lot less wiggle room than there used to be for hackers in this sense uh, or exploiters that take advantage of situations where uh, a lot of these centralized companies that surround the whole ecosystem can really put you in a bit of a corner. So unless you're using something like Monero that can you know hide a lot of what you're doing, uh, you can't get away with a heck of a lot. So in the end, I think they were aiming for about a $500 million exploit or in the end, the, the amount of different things that they were doing expanded about $500 million worth in the end. But originally it's $100 million uh, that they found with the exploit. So uh, that's going on this morning. And you can see here to confirm, we have suspended uh, Binance Smart Chain of having determined uh, potential exploit. All systems are now contained and we are immediately investigating potential vulnerability. We know the community will assist in help freezing transfer. All funds are safe. So what I can gather is, uh, no, uh, no one in particular lost this money in a sense. If you're a retail investor, you're holding your BNB uh, or um, any Binance sort of tokens in your um, in your hardware wallet. If you were uh, doing something on chain, maybe in a liquidity pool, you know, I mean, then you might have to look at your wallet, see if you're in trouble. If you're in hot wallets at all as well, you could be in trouble. Definitely look into this a little bit more. But so far, it seems it was contained fairly quickly and they've moved quite fast. Uh, to get on top of this. But uh, yeah, pretty pretty wild when you see um, how quickly, uh, before the chain was halted, how quickly those funds were siphoned off into other areas. So 57 million went to Phantom, so it's FTM. 53 million went to Ethereum, 400K went to Polygon. Uh, the attacker again exploited another $1 million worth of BNB, which they placed into Stargate Protocol, another cross-chain bridge provider. Uh, Zane Huffman's strategy lead for DeFi platform Vespa concluded the attackers made off with roughly $100 million from an initial export of nearly $600 million. There you go. So yeah, a lot of it's been contained, a lot of it's been found. Uh, so they've got $400 million worth of digital assets frozen on the BNB chain. So that's not going anywhere, like I said. Uh, and, and again, the stablecoin tether is blacklisting the addresses. So a lot of it has been contained, but just shows you how young uh, this industry is and why this particular um, smart chain is not decentralized if they say it is, because if a centralized uh, party authority can just come in, shut down a chain, it's not decentralized. In fact, it's it's super centralized. It's a great example of it. I'm not saying that's a good or a bad thing, um, but again, when we're investing in cryptocurrencies and you hear buzzwords all the time of this crypto or this layer one or, or whatever is decentralized, you really have to dive into it and see if there are uh, levers or buttons that they can push suddenly to gain control of the chain for whatever reason. Clearly, this has been a case, but good to see that um, no one really lost money and um, CZ, if there's any issues, uh, often says that, you know, they'll make uh, people whole again if there were any exploits. So that is very interesting when looking at uh, chains. All right, this is another bad news story 
for crypto. So Celsius top execs, executives cashed out $17 million in crypto before bankruptcy. Now, there's been a bit of sympathy for Alex uh, over this period uh, as Celsius went under, but he doesn't have any from me and a lot of other people in the space. Uh, created an unsustainable uh, platform model. I mean, had some cool ideas, but there were some very dodgy practices going on at Celsius towards the end there. Uh, we've gone on about that a, a few times. Uh, but the fact that those execs cashed out um, $70 million in crypto before the bankruptcy tells you in a nutshell where their headspace was. They thought this was going on and that they were you know, crying poor, that they were trying to make whole a lot of people's funds. They knew that they couldn't make whole a lot of those funds and they were like rats escaping uh, the ship. So wanted to bring this up. Be very, very careful with um, giving over your custody of your keys, not your keys, not your coins, no matter how attractive the yield is. In fact, if the yield is... Uh, so attractive, you have to start asking questions because the higher the yield, the higher the risk you are taking on. Now, there are uh, other options through DeFi where you maintain control of your keys and you're moving through uh, protocols. Then you have to consider other risks like smart contract risks and, and all that, which we do go through in our course. Uh, but right now, this is just a high level snapshot. Just be so, so careful. And when you have, a, again, a centralized party, centralized figure, they are a central point of failure. They're holding your keys. You know, human greed is, is often quite predictable. And if there is a situation like this, generally they don't want to look after the customers. They want to look after uh, number one, which is um, them. So they want to get out. So just wanted to um, show you that. Uh, not very good because there's been all sorts of reports that have been on the run. There's also crowdfunding operations trying to give Alex money. Uh, it's, it's a bit sad, to be honest. Just be careful out there. At the end of the day, it is personal financial responsibility. And that's what I like to tell people. At the end of the day, you can complain about um, you know, people doing something, you know, bad, but you have to understand the risks when you get involved in these sort of platforms as an investor as well. So I uh, just want to put that back on everyone that it is your personal financial responsibility. All right, this is kind of a cool story. So Elon Musk, um, you know, love him or hate him, uh, the owner and founder of Tesla and SpaceX, be others. He quite sensationally a little while back said he was going to buy Twitter and, and do his own thing and really promote freedom of speech and all that, and then it really fell through the floor. It didn't happen, a lot of people made a lot of fun of him, but now it's done a 180 again, it looks like he's going to buy it, and it's gonna happen really, really quickly. So uh, that in itself is gonna be pretty exciting uh, for Twitter, I think, uh, where it goes and what it looks like, that's just my personal opinion, and as well, because it will, uh, well, he has flagged, that he will heavily integrate crypto into that process. Now, part of the big issues he had previously with acquiring Twitter was a lot of the fake accounts that now populate Twitter. And you'll see, if you go to some big accounts, especially you know, the crypto voices in the space, if they tweet something out, you look in the comment section, it's bang, 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 fake account, literally just the same image, trying to scam people in the account. And it is totally out of control. Now, Michael Saylor suggested a little while back, and I think Elon Musk is on the same idea, that each uh, verified account needs to stake or hold a certain amount of Bitcoin or crypto uh, or US dollars in an account uh, pegged to their uh, their Twitter account. And that way you're uh, creating a, a certain barrier for a lot of these fake accounts to enter. They need to actually put forward money uh, to get a verified account and tweet. There's also a second layer where um, uh, Michael Saylor suggests that they use Bitcoin Lightning. So for every tweet that goes out or interaction that you do on Twitter, you need to spend a tiny amount of Bitcoin of that, uh, that holding that you have. I don't know how that's going to work, uh, but it seems really, really interesting uh, in the end to keep Twitter nice and um, clean and free of a lot of those fake accounts. 
Uh, now, just here as well, um, if you can go into what the text messages that he's been sending a lot of his friends, but it's released while ago. I saw some of his tweets on Twitter, some of his ideas for it. He wants to create something called App X. Uh, now, I don't know if that is going to be the same as Twitter. It could be a, a, like a Web3 platform, which is focused on, uh, I guess, decentralization and, and freedom of speech and um, in that Web3 ethos. Uh, but he wants to join them to those two together. And you can only assume that it's got a lot to do, um, it was going to have a lot to do with crypto as well, because he's a heavy fan of Doge, as we know. So, uh, yeah, takes Twitter over. It's going to um, annoy a lot of people. But I think in the end, uh, it's going to, Twitter in, in many respects is the world's um, town square. A lot of great thoughts are put there, but it is getting a little bit unusable based on a lot of the things I've just mentioned. So, Yep, uh, pay attention. Let's see where it goes, but um, it can only be good for crypto. All right, this is a bit interesting because XRP has been looking really good on the charts. I highlighted it in my altcoin Bible on Wednesday. Uh, now, uh, I didn't realize this, but it is semi-based on a fundamental catalyst. So XRP price could rally by 50% based on comments from former SEC directors. So we know the SEC case is ongoing. I'm not going to get into the weeds there as well. I'm not following it too closely. Uh, but there was a document from, I believe, the former finance division of the SEC. Yep. So he said in a document previously that um, uh, like Ethereum blockchain, Ripple uh, or XRP, company and token, it's a bit silly, they're one or the other, uh, believes that the token is not a security. So he put that in a, um, a worded document and now the lawyers for the XRP uh, case and Ripple case are going to use that as a precedent um, to try and move through the process and get XRP and Ripple out of the whole securities mess. So uh, this is very, very interesting if they can get through it um, and it would completely destroy the SEC's credibility if um, they get that get moved upon on this on this position, but uh, just keep this in mind. This is why XRP is potentially running because there could be some movement in the SEC case. All right, well, let's get on over to this one here because I found this uh, super interesting as well. So more than thirty percent of Canadians plan to purchase crypto by twenty twenty four, says OSC head. So that's essentially their uh, SEC equivalent, you could say. So uh, Securities Commission CEO. So he came through. And he, was, he was having a Q and A. Uh, said that the regulatory fundamentals and stock bonds, uh, no, not conference, it was just for, excuse me, before the Economic Club of Canada. So he said that on October 6th. He really thinks that um, Bitcoin and Ether uh, should be commodities. So that's really positive. That's what um, Senator Lummis and a few others, uh, bipartisan bill wants to do in the United States. Uh, so that's very, very interesting. And then he says down here, we know from our own research being published later this month that more than 30% of Canadians plan to buy crypto assets in the next year. The challenge bar non-compliant firms from offering services in Canada with a limit budget and finite enforcement staff to cover our time. There's only so much we can do, but we are making progress. So uh, this follows the same narrative that I'm seeing at SEC, but Canada seems a little bit more progressive here, that they just do not have the resources uh, or the uh, legislative capacity to really crack down and regulate on crypto space. It's too new, too innovative, it's moving way too quick. So they need to almost create a whole new separate uh, category. They want to create safeguards and, and rails, sure, but they understand that they need to do it more progressively because the amount of demand that's coming in for crypto uh, globally is increasing at a parabolic rate. So uh, very, very interesting. Um, Canada has been more progressive in the United States on this for a long while. I think they had the first spot uh, Bitcoin ETF as well. So a very interesting adoption. You always see the growth um, coming out and the, the headlines, good good headlines coming out in the bear markets if you're paying attention. So uh, very, very fascinating. All right. And just finally, guys, um, I just want to put this on your radar. 
So this is a kind of cool little snapshot of what's going on. Fed officials is what they're supposedly saying. How many times do you have to say this? We're not going to cut rates next year. Traders, nice try, but BS. You all just have to say that to keep stocks from rallying. Now, that's a little bit my thesis too. They're jawboning a lot, meaning they're using their language to try and push markets in a certain direction. It looks very clear that they're going to have to fight a recession uh, fairly, fairly soon. But they don't want to actually come out and say any of that. They want to maintain a hawkish stance for as long as possible to stop uh, stocks from rallying, essentially stop asset inflation from going through the roof again. So uh, I just wanted to bring this up because this is super, super important coming ahead for the next uh, few weeks that while Bitcoin and crypto markets could have rallied just here a little bit and it's shown some really nice stability at 20,000, 19,000, that sort of range, we just have to expect that there's still going to be some turbulence ahead because um, next week, I believe, we have the Federal Reserve FOMC and also um, some more CPI data coming out. So in all likelihood, they're going to smash the market with another 0.75%, even though the emerging markets are getting destroyed and likely they're going to do it again month after. So markets do not like it when they raise interest rates. Just be aware of that. We're probably in for a little bit more turbulence next week. And I wanted to just put this on your radar. So guys, have a wonderful day. We'll catch up. Uh, over the week, won't catch up over the weekend. If you're a mastermind client, we will, but if um, we'll catch up on Monday for our Monday market update. Can't wait. See you later, guys. Can't wait.